This is the Wildernet Podcast for Monday, October 5th, 2015, episode 29. Welcome back to the Wildernet Podcast, where we rediscover nature in a digital age. This is episode 29. Did I say that already? Episode 29. <laughs> Just repeating myself. Monday, October 5th, 2015. That's all the same. I'm Shane. I'm Eric. I don't think you repeated yourself, Shane. I think you said it and then repeated yourself and said you repeated yourself. <laughs> I think I said it during the time that you can't hear anything, That that whole intro part. Oh, no, I can hear you nowadays. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> really? Things have changed. I don't even... Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad I'm that confused. Fixed. We'll just have to listen to it later and be like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> so well, what's going on with you, man? Welcome to the Twilight Podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, all sorts of stuff, man. You know, I just had a two-week break off of class. Today marks day one for another 11-week semester, so getting ready to hunker down for some stress. Oh, boy. Um, to combat that, I've been doing some deer hunting, so that's been really nice to get outside. Loving the Packers, 4-0, baby. Yeah. That's, that's what's happening. Uh, what about you, man? What do you got going on? Oh, I got I got things and, and stuff. Been doing a lot of indoor sorts of things, unfortunately, lately. Uh, they, I put out an app that, that happened. So now that's we're, exciting. Now that we're is both good. like app buddies. App buddies for life. <laughs> Which I can uh, mention more at the end of the show, but... Uh, well, just say it right now, real quick. What is the app? If you're a web designer out there and uh, you're looking for a way to do some simple calculations and conversion types of things, go out and check out CSS Calculator, available on the iOS App Store. In a world I, where I, websites I, are hard to design. I, wouldn't, I wasn't even reading that. I, normally, <laughs> I would be terrible at saying something like that. Anyway. There's a new app for you. <laughs> Yep. Sweet, man. That's pretty damn cool. But yeah. you're charging a dollar for yours, so you'll be much richer than me much sooner. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. People are a lot less likely to download, spend that $1, I think. But And this is this is why we call this the WilderNet podcast. There's two forms of identity in that, because I am the Wilder and Shane is the Net. <laughs> I suppose. My app is about hunting and Shane's app is about technology. It's awesome. <laughs> So this is a good is duo true. here. This is well, why you love the show, everybody. Well, to be fair, your app, your app does combine those two things. Well, I mean, that's true of any app, I suppose. <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly, but I didn't build it. See, I just thought of it. Ah. I'm Are you techie. serious? This whole time? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I could fake someone out. Oh, yeah, I built that. <laughs> just taught myself code. Maybe if I had your app ahead of time, I could have done it. Maybe not. Anyway, so that's that's pretty exciting, man. Uh, good good job, congrats. Thanks, man. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a round of applause bumper? Uh, no. Yeah, that's a good. That seems like something I should have. Do Yay. not have that. Right. <laughs> not not just at the touch of my fingertips or anything. I'd have to look that one up. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, don't want to hit the wrong thing here. Word in the woods. So I saw this one on uh, someone's Facebook feed today, and I couldn't resist. Um, so this is uh, this is according to Three News, Channel Three News, Three uh, News.co.nz. That's New Zealand. Uh, witnesses recall runaway water tank in Canterbury winds. So <laughs> I'm scrolling through my feed today, and I just see there's this video of someone driving down the road. And there's this giant cylindrical water tank just rolling next to the road. Yeah, like 60 miles an hour at some point even, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, and it wasn't says, even downhill. It was a flat road. It, the whole thing is mind-bending. I don't really understand. So it says, what is it actually? I don't know about 60 miles. So it says kilometers. What's it saying kilometers? Since this is New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Know, Maybe I misinterpreted slightly. Yeah, it was It was either way. It was going fast. That. that Going real fast, yeah. So sixty kilometers per hour. Uh, quick, quick check in Google will tell us that that is 
Uh, real quick. Type do, faster. Do, 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 do. Give us a second here. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> it looked like it was going a lot faster, but this says uh, that's only 37 miles. Only, right, because I can't even ride a bike that fast. So, you know. At least 60 kilometers is 37. Yeah, so 60 kilometers is directly 37.2823 miles. So, uh, way to yeah, be exact. Guessing that's, guessing that's right. Still, that for <laughs> water tanks don't normally uh, go, you know, th they're meant to be stationary. <laughs> and this, <clears throat> so as I said, this was in New Zealand. Where and I, you've been to New Zealand, so I have this really it. hits home for you. <laughs> Which actually, I, I think I should have put something in, in my notes for later in the show about that also. Uh, but I did not. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> I need to get a cloth switch. Uh, so anyway, the... Uh, <laughs> This was on the lower South Island near, I guess there's a town or city called Darfield, down there in South Island. Not to be confused with the big orange cat. There was a windstorm that caused a bunch of power outages in the area, which really, power outages don't really have anything to do with the, uh, obviously this water tank being off other than the wind itself blew it straight clean off of the thing. And uh, the wind blew it clean off of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> just take a moment to absorb what you just said there. <laughs> so, yeah, you should maybe be capturing some of my audio sometimes. <laughs> Try to do that. Just play it back to you later in the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, just rolling and bouncing alongside the road. And it's going through cornfields and. Apparently, it crossed uh, three different roads and uh, about six kilometers total. And, and some of, I think some of these terms are New Zealand, uh, common New Zealand phrases maybe because it, say, it says it smashed six posts, which I don't know. That could mean a whole fence or, you know. Well, based on the video, through. it looks like it could have been power lines or like the okay. big things. Well, it says it was... also two spud boxes. Uh, yeah, what the hell is a spud box? <laughs> Potato something? I, I don't know if it actually. Maybe it, that sounds. Can maybe you play? Like can you play the clip? Can you play the audio? Well, yeah. Well, why actually, Eric? I have it right here. In fact, uh, I thought I did. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Let's just play a little little segment of this real quick. Hundreds of Southlanders are still without power after being battered by yesterday's windstorm. The power outages struck all over the Lower South Island, but it was near Darfield that two men out on a Sunday drive saw something they don't think they'll ever see again. Annabel Tukia explains. A bouncing water tank isn't what you'd expect to see rolling beside a main road. <laughs> But it's just what happened when friends Jake Taylor and Quentin Johansson were driving along State Highway 73 in yesterday's screaming nor'wester. We're just cruising down the road, rolling the, uh, the sides of the road here. They had no hope of stopping the rolling juggernaut as it narrowly missed a car and careered across the main road to the west coast. Taylor estimates it reached speeds of up to 60 kilometres an hour a day on, he's still laughing about it. All right, I'll, I guess I'll stop it there. Oh, no, I really want to hear him say spud box. All right, let's hear that, all right. It was just straight through fences. It was smashed about six posts. Yeah, yeah, smashed through two spud boxes. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing, 73 miles. Yeah. Two spud boxes. Miles, kilim, kil, uh, kilometers. I can't do accents. It was no, no, we, we won't pretend that we... <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know. If we ever do accents, we know it's not accurate. Uh, and we're not trying to poke fun either. It, we, I think a New Zealand accent's actually pretty awesome, personally. I am poking fun. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. All right, all right. Fine, fine. To each their own. Um, so, yeah, so the, the farmer uh, ended up receiving a call, a text saying, asking if he was missing a water tank. And, um, why, well, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, how do you respond to that? It's like the joke, um, the refrigerator running thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know the joke, but is I'm pretty sure that's that that is the joke, Eric. Is your refrigerator running? Oh, oh okay. but then the punchline is, well, you better go catch it. Yeah, um, there you go. Thanks. Is your is your uh, water tank joke <laughs> from the 50s, probably. <laughs> Um, As I sip my scotch. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I was sipping mine here too. Well, not scotch, but some, it's it's a concoction of things here. Yeah, concoctions over here. So the uh, what was the other thing? It, it did stop. <laughs> it's not still out there. It's not didn't roll in the ocean or anything. It is. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a big just, deal. Water. It just goes up. Go home. <laughs> it rolls up the side of a mountain and it rolls right back down and keeps going. <laughs> Goes the other way, just forever. Uh, no, if you're, if you're if you're listening, you want to watch this. Um, the video or the 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 main title of the article is "Witnesses Recall Runaway Water Tank in Canterbury Winds." Yeah, and I so it's I funny. intentionally picked the article here, not the first. I looked at the actual YouTube video, which which I think is is probably funnier because it's actually the reason I chose the article is because there's a lot of swearing in there. <laughs> so uh, you know. It, not not safe for work, uh, but go check that out anyway. If you had maybe if you have headphones at work or something, but uh, yeah, those guys are <laughs> laughing about it a lot. It's pretty funny, and I just this may not relate entirely well to the show, but uh, um, you know my, my entire point here is that <laughs> and I put down here in the notes. It is a fact that you will not, you will never see this watching House of Cards. Just saying, you're. <laughs> You're inside. You gotta get outside. You you gotta be outside to see this kind of stuff. You know. You never know what's coming rolling by on the highway. That's right. Could be could be a rainbow. Could be a water tank rolling down the road. You never know. Nice work, Shane. Thanks. So I still don't. Uh, I still don't have a bumper for this next uh, segment. But you know what? I, I think this one still pertains. So I'm just gonna go ahead and play this one. The activity of the week. We're going to talk about mountaineering this week. And initially, Eric and I, when we we'd met, we uh, had some breakfast and we went over kind of what we were going to talk about for, the, for this next episode. And initially we had talked about mountain climbing. Um... Do you know what the difference is, Eric? <laughs> uh, not entirely. Hold on here. Hold on here. Say something. Uh, <laughs> okay, so he's going to look this up, and I am going to try Mountaineering. To... Oh, yeah. Oh, good, good. The sport or activity of climbing mountains. <laughs> so uh, it's probably the Such same Such a cop-out. What yeah. the crap? All right. Fine. <laughs> so it's probably the same thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, I have uh, some silly little article from a website called Art of Manli- artofmanliness.com. Mm. You know what that reminds me of? No. The epic rap battle of manliness. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. Uh, well, it says, first off, there's some terminology you're going to need to know to read this article. So I grabbed just a, a very, very small snippets of different pieces of this article. Um, mountains are often categorized by height, duh. Uh, in the U.S., a 14 er is a mountain that is at least 14,000 feet. Makes sense. Uh, the rest of the world goes by meters. Like how your article um, ties into this from freaking New Zealand. So 4Kers to 8Kers are common, which to me sounds a lot like the running world. Um, so that is confusing here in the U.S. But a climb is graded by class, kind of like um, we talked about like rafting in the past and things like that, like whitewater rafting. There's classes of river. There's classes of mountains, just the same, which is really determined by the steepness and exposure. So it says a flat trail with no exposure to danger, i.e. a fatal fall, would be a class one. Class two and three are slightly steeper with some possibly challenging obstacles in the way. And class four is mainly a hands and knees scramble, while class five is a technical climbing where both members are usually belaying one another. And if you've heard our rock climbing episodes, you'll know what belaying is because we talk about it extensively. They're doing what to one another? Yeah, not like that. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> very cool. Very nice. So I got just some bullet points here, Shane. If you want to jump in, we can tag team this or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will in just a second. But first, let me say, let me just say, let me just say, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. Yes. I don't know. I was born with hair on my chest, a gleam in my eye to latch onto a breast. I cut my own 
an umbilical cord with my razor sharp teeth. Then I drove home and my mom rode on in the back seat. I didn't go through puberty, puberty went through me. And it was never even awkward because I made it happen instantly. If you address. Sorry, just had to play a little, little piece of that. <laughs> uh, nice. Look it up. Epic rap battle of manliness when you have a moment. Okay, so anyway, uh, where do we leave that. off here? <laughs> Makes me feel like a man. Good, good. I didn't go through puberty. Puberty went through me. It's a true story. There's many. It wasn't uh, even awkward because it happened instantly. <laughs> many Chuck Norris esque jokes in there. Yeah. Where where do we leave off now? What where, where are we at here? Basic <laughs> skills. Most fourteeners in the U.S. offer non technical routes that can be climbed by any fit person. Did you hear that, everybody? Oh. Most fourteeners in the U.S. offer non technical routes. Anyone that's of any sort of physical physique can climb it. Also, Beautiful. Even even large mountains like Everest are mainly class two and three. But uh, <laughs> you want your technical skills to be rock solid, pun intended, is what it says, which is hilarious. Also, fourteeners. Uh, reach, what's that? Also, fourteeners was the original name uh, that the uh, San Francisco football team was going to use. And really, they decided against that. Yep. Guess they weren't manly enough. Those True story. punks. That's what we beat them last week. I know the whole 1949 thing. Hold your emails. Wait, don't hold your emails. Send them. I, we need them. Sorry, go on. Whatever. Um, yeah. So whatever. It's basically saying like even even our Everest, most of it's a class two and three. But obviously, when you get to the top 20 percent of the climb, you, yeah, that's not going to fly. You're going to need to have class five skills. Skills. You get the next one. Okay, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Basic gear, is that where we're at? <laughs> That's right, yeah. All right, I, I'll, right. I'll stop looking up videos. Did we videos switch roles here? I'm so confused. <laughs> stop, stop looking up videos. Oh, stop it. Uh, <laughs> oh, stop. All right. So, so are we reading this word for word? Did you write this out, Eric? No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, you can, it's easy to read word for word because it's actually written well. It's from the site. Uh, but I just grabbed small snippets of each paragraph, so... Okay, so I should not read it word for word. <laughs> no, no, you you can. It, it makes okay. it easy. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, so this is Try taken. It. This was taken directly from uh, Verbados. From where did we cite the article, Eric? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> we want to make sure to do that. Just making sure. It's uh, it's uh, okay, I got that part. Don't don't worry. About it. I'll cover your tracks here. Okay. You okay. Mini. All right. Artofmanliness.com, <laughs> Mountaineering 101, December 10th, 2009. So it's an oldie but a goodie, and it was written by... What, what did uh, you say the website? It was written by Brett and Kate McKay. What was the URL? Not the like whole URL. But oh, the... artofmanliness.com. Oh, okay. It's so simple. Gotcha. All right. Sounds good. Yep. Just and making sure. No, this is a guest post from Adam Cook. Adam Cook. Booyah, Adam. From 2009. Who, who I wonder is where you are today. <laughs> uh, anyway, so basic gear. Uh, protection and speed is the name of the game here. I learned the hard way that a cheap tent is not going to hold up in a mountain storm with 80 mile per hour winds and ice. Invest in a serious four season tent. That's all I got for gear. Don't even worry about the rest. Don't Just worry make sure about you have a four season tent because winds be blowing. Yeah, and uh, I know another thing uh, that, that I read. I don't know if it was that. It might have been the next article we were kind of briefly going to talk about. Uh, boots, I know, is is something that's, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely. Uh, talk about that plenty of times. You need to have cold, or I mean, yeah. you need to have, you keep you need to keep your extremities warm, unless you're, um, you're screwed. Right. Yeah. I I would say, and and we're not even talking about Everest here or anything. I mean, but yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that. That is a concern, not, and not even not even just keeping them warm. I mean, just keeping them protected, right? Of course, frostbite's yeah. no joke. Yeah, but I mean, you know, stumping, stumping, stumbling on something, hitting a rock, you know, stubbing. Rocks. <laughs> stubbing. Yes, that is the word. Good, thank you. Stubbing your toe in a stump. Do you want me to talk about planning also? Yeah, this is actually pretty cool. Um, just some good general advice. If, if you're looking to get into this, if this podcast gets you into mountain climbing, holy Santa Claus poop, uh, you need to send us an email about that. Or if you are a mountain climber and you're listening to this episode, again, you need to email us about that. Does it smell like candy canes and S Santa Claus poop? Yes. <laughs> Gingerbread? Yeah. 
All right. So planning, yeah, there are tons of sources out there on mountain routes. Uh, and I wanted to say 49ers. Uh, 14ers.com is a good one for Colorado. Which is 14ers.com. 14ers.com is a good one for Colorado. And there are plenty of books available on larger mountains like the Matterhorn. I think we'll talk about that in a moment. Well, actually, that we will be talking about that in a moment, but I may not have the which of those mountains that is exactly. Be sure to read up before your trip. Jo- join a forum and ask questions. Bring plenty of pictures with you, along with a compass and topo map of the area. That's topographical, if you're not uh, sure of that one. If you're not sure of that one, stop listening to our podcast. Stop it right now. We don't want you. No, wait, why? What? <laughs> <laughs> topo means topographical. Anyway, um, acclimation, if you've always wanted to know what it's like to be on top of a massive mountain, shove ice down your pants, grab a straw, and run up down the stairs, breathing through it to get the rough idea. No, oh, don't well, actually do that. Oh, you actually read that. I, I thought maybe you were winging that one. I wish I was that. I w- no, that was pretty damn good. Could have just taken the credit, <laughs> but I won't do that. Uh, it's plagiarism. So I've experienced um, acclimation and altitude adjustment or whatever, and it's, it, it is um, something you do, you acclimation, the word acclimation, I don't know if you want to pull up a definition for me, Shane, but like literally you have to ease into it. You can't just suddenly, suddenly jump from, you know, think about going underwater. If you were to go from, you know, above water to, you know, 40 feet below perhaps or 20, your ears hurt to hurt and the things get weird. There's a lot of pressure. Same thing, uh, happens when you start to go up in the altitude. Suddenly the air becomes really thin and you get short of breath and it gets, it gets really weird. So you need to get your body used to that. So it's not from the website. That's from Eric Clark talking. I, I don't it understand. Say, oh, go on. I have something. I don't understand what's what's going on with the English language lately. I, I, I swear, I was just talking about crazy words with my girlfriend. She used one that I... Wait, maybe it was actually this word. <laughs> Holy cow. Acclamation? Right. Yeah, it may have actually been this exact word yesterday we are talking about. And and so when you, when you look this up on Google, it says... Acclimatization. I can't even say that word. Which is also acclimation is the same word, apparently. It means the same thing. Anyway, it's acclimated, acclimating. Acclimatization, (laughs) also acclimation, is the process in which an individual organism, always got to be careful on that word, adjusts to a gradual change in its environment, such as a change in temperature, humidity, photo period or pH allowing it to maintain performance across a range of environmental conditions and I have to cite that now uh, here well uh, that's looks like it's just Wikipedia something that's wikipedia.com for that one oh dictionary.com says to a customer become accustomed to a new climate or environment adapt origin of acclimate expand French huh. Huh. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Being at altitude can cause insomnia, which can hinder your motivation or fitness. It, it's best to climb high and spend the afternoon there, then return to your lower camp to sleep and get a good night's rest. <laughs> um, this is why climbers have numerous camps on large mountains. They climb high and build an adva- the advanced camp, then return to the lower camp to sleep, which I read uh, most of the book before I either lost it or something like that or lent it. I don't remember, but it was a book called Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. And he talked a lot about climbing Everest and uh, how sick everyone is at base camp because you're acclimating and everyone's puking and it's actually very vile. None, none of it sounded great at all. And it gets so, drunk quicker. Yeah, thin blood, right? Drunk quicker. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. It's pretty interesting stuff. Um, what do you got here coming up? Well, what have I got going on? Oh, yeah. So so we're, we're past the uh, art of manliness now. We can move on to the mountains for mortals. Seven of America's best summits for beginners. And uh, thanks, our Eric, for finding these couple articles here. Yeah, just I just kind of list uh, these things off. Yeah. I can honestly say I read through this one, so I actually have some notes to talk about here. Well, good. I didn't. Oh, so you took take, the last one, point. clearly. <laughs> and I'll take this one. Well, you can read some of the points too if you want. I'll, I'll let you if you if you do so choose. This is uh this is a this is a, an article on Huffington Post. The Huff is it the Huffington Post? Anyway, it's uh, Huff- Huffington no, Post. I have no idea. It's HuffingtonPost.com either way. 
anyone in uh yeah see they make the same points here this is for anyone in physical condition good physical condition i should say um that has boots again <laughs> i, I think mentioned. we're all in a physical condition <laughs> <laughs> this is true uh you know anyone that has has a decent pair of boots and uh and, and just a can-do attitude golly it's the other thing they kind of mentioned there yeah you gotta have some perseverance right positive mental attitude all that fun stuff so it goes through as it mentioned seven different summits so maybe i should maybe should, can we just talk about this briefly what, what what exactly is a summit is that like the top of the mountain is that what is that eric's gonna look that one up now while we uh take this summit, commercial break the highest point of a hill or mountain a meeting between two heads of government. Well, that's not correct for this. It's not applicable. So the highest point of a hill or mountain, also referred to as a top, peak, crest, crown, apex, tip, cap, hilltop. Hilltop's oh. a great bar in Waukesha. Yeah, Shore. there you go. <laughs> that's right. Eric loves that place. Uh, so the only place I know that serves PBR light. I didn't even know it existed before I went there. Yeah, that's true. Baby blue uh, cans there. Uh, so I don't even know how to spell this one. Mount. Mount Katadin? Kat, Kat, Katadin? Yeah, I would say Katadin. Katadin! Uh, <laughs> K-A-T-A-H-DIN. So yeah. this is at the northern... <laughs> here's another fun word to try to understand. Terminus of the Appalachian Trail, which I'm guessing a, terminus suggests terminal, suggests end, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. It is Maine's... It's the highest point in Maine. And that's nearly a mile above sea level. And, uh, yeah, I, I, to be honest, uh, I don't think I've been to any of these. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I've been to some of the states that some of these are in, but uh, what about you? Have you? No, I don't, I don't think so when I look at these. Um, the next one's Guadalupe Peak, right? It's in Texas. That does look like Guadalupe, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I can't. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Six to eight hour trek. Nine thousand feet. Nine thousand feet. So we're getting a little. Seems like a lot of feet. Taller yeah. here now. There's yeah. a mountain called Half Dome. Half. All right. So Half Dome. Um, oh, interesting. Logo for the North Face, huh? Yeah, I had no idea about that. It is uh, apparent. So it's a. Uh, it is in Yosemite, and it it apparently is featured on the logo for the no the brand the company the north face which that one is the north face uh, i i did look <laughs> at that one <laughs> uh and and i guess it's gotten so popular over the last uh i guess few years that they now have a lottery system that only allows 225 people to uh climb to the summit there in a day or in a we don't do in a year in a month what do you that's know that's a good point that you know <laughs> That is a question you think I would have thought of, but I did yeah, not. Yeah, no worries. But if you're if you're into doing that one, I'm sure you can go figure it out. Yep, you should. But I, yeah. So for it each, oh, it does say each. It does say each day early in the season. Okay. Well, two hundred twenty-five uh, oh, people can climb well, it a day. That's interesting. Another fifty slots. Uh, reserve reserving another fifty slots for a daily lottery. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, you know, the other thing I wasn't real sure about, because the picture they show here looks an awful lot like what is the new version of uh, OS X on, on the Mac, the uh, El Capitan, that's called, which is, I know that's in Yosemite, but I wasn't sure. They don't make any mention of El Capitan here. Um, so this may just be a, a separate peak. It, it looks very similar because it's the way the sun shines on the mountaintop there. Um has a very similar look, but uh, not real sure uh, if that's even you know near near El Capitan or not. Stony Man Mountain is the next one at uh, just over four thousand feet. That is in so so this is the smallest one we've talked about so far. Um, that's located in Virginia, and apparently it's a, a relatively relatively easy one. Um, and the fact that they actually say it's relatively easy suggests to me that this is probably the easiest of the seven here. Uh, Long's Peak 
is this is uh, quite possibly the most difficult one that's on the list. Uh, this is according to you know what they're saying. It's located in Colorado, specifically in Rocky Mountain National Park, and it is over 14,000 feet. So that is quite a bit of difference between all of these. Um, on this one in particular... That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yes, I would say. On this one in particular, I'm uh, going to go across some uh, bust-sized boulders and, and some seriously dangerous ledges. So probably not for beginners is my guess. Um, you know, you probably want to start on one of the other, any of the others likely here. Um, they even tell tell the hikers to start as early as 3 a.m. Um, just to be safe for some of the thunderstorms that might roll in during the afternoon. Don't even ask me how I pronounce this one. <laughs> it's probably Olamana Mountain. That is in... Okay, I'm going to have more trouble with the actual... Uh, <laughs> it's in Hawaii, island. so it's got a weird... Ka- Hawaii, Kahlua, yeah. I guess. Kahlua? Is it Kahlua? Sounds like the alcohol. Yes, it does. That's probably why I said it. Well, this one's the easiest so far. It's only 1,600 feet. Right. It is the six, It is only 1,600 feet. <clears throat> but they do go on to say that it is. Uh, it competes with all, all of the best uh, listed here. Oh, some stop at... The first or second peak, but the third requires extreme caution, which is interesting. The just for some perspective, Shane, for you and I, um, the Madera's volcano in Nicaragua that we tracked um, was forty five hundred seventy three feet, and I don't remember exactly how far we made it on that, but oh yeah, that was the which of the islands was that, or was that the one that was on the island? Oh, it was, was on the... yeah on the island Omatepe. Right, and we didn't. Unfortunately, we got to a point where the fog We're running was out so, of time, and the fog was bad. Yeah, like well, you're not really gonna know a difference at this point, anyway. Is it's just gonna see fog? So we'll we'll, we'll come to that later. Mm-hmm. And the last one they mentioned is Desolation Peak, which is in the North Cascades Mountains in Washington State. That's 6,100 feet, and uh, <laughs> the only other. Small tidbit of information they have here is that famed beat generation Jack Kerouac lived uh, a summer there as a fire lookout, which I, I they just they just tell, warn people if there's a fire. I, I'm assuming that's what that is. And there's a lot of um, like forest breaks, whatever you want to call them, on mountains to you know or fire breaks. So it's like a huge, huge area with all the vegetation that's been kind of hacked. So lines, you may have seen this. I don't know. In general, because otherwise it can stop a forest fire, won't jump across such a wide span. Mm. Well, that's all we have for that article. Um, yeah, we can move on here to our campfire stories segment. That's the thing that I see if I can. Let's see if I can do this. <clears throat> campfire stories. That's that's the voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> girl, girl, I just took a drink. Cut me some slack. Uh, campfire stories. We are going to briefly talk about our own experience. Uh, mountaineering. I'm going to start. Is that, unless you want to start, Eric. Would you like to No, start? go nuts, man. That's fine. Um, we'll try to tell some neat stories here. Yes. Yes, we shall. So the most intense, without a doubt, uh, mountaineering story I have is when I went on the Alaska Range uh, going uh, doll sheep hunting. For those of you that don't know, doll sheep, the name sounds like it should be some little lamb or something because you joined doll and sheep. It's a bighorn ram, trust me. It's not not some tiny cute thing, but... um, Ram, it's what's for dinner. (laughs) Um, me and my brother and I, me and my brother and I, <laughs> my brother, my <laughs> father and I, uh, <laughs> we all did this trip and it was one of seriously the most intense hikes. I probably the most intense hike I've ever experienced because we were up on this mountain for nearly 24 straight hours. And as you're going up, we're going through, it's, you know, it's damp, it's wet. 
and there's moss. There's this very loose moss. So you're going up. When you're going up, <laughs> you're you know you don't have a very uh, great grip with your with your boots there. Um, you know the moss is slipping and slipping and slipping and muddy. And you're going through different terrain. Uh, once you're past that, you're onto you know shale and and that's real loose and <laughs> you can't have great footing with that either. Um, and then you know you finally get up there. You finally get near the, I wouldn't say the peak or anything, you know, as high as you're basically going to go. And, you know, it's it's pretty surprising. There was, there's actually this, I don't know if they were ground squirrels or, or something along those lines that were way up there. And I kind of, I couldn't believe these little guys, there was one right up where we were, where we ended up actually getting our sheep. And it was so cold too, super cold and chill, you know, the higher you go up there, even with as much clothing as we had, um, that gets, <laughs> I mean, I remember shivering like none other, probably never anything that bad with deer hunting, but, um, you know, I ended up getting, uh, all, all of our sheep pretty much right at that point. Um, and you know, they're, they have nowhere to go, but down, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was, I saw the video. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. They just, they, mine in particular, it, it took, it took a tumble. But, uh, you know, then when we got all done with that, the shale again, and I don't quote me on this actually being shale, but it's, it's at least like shale. Um, the way down at least is much easier in that <laughs> you are, you're basically sliding down, um, except for the time that I nearly, from what it felt like, I nearly killed myself because I uh, dropped like 20 feet and that was... That was something. And we ended up actually, and I was, I was so cranky. I just wanted to get back. We were looking for my brothers and my brothers, uh, not my brother, but my brother's sheep. And, and we were going to, we were ready to go back to camp, but then everyone was kind of, kind of got talked into just staying the night, even though it was cold and wasn't super cranky after being up there for that long. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm glad we, we ended up doing that. And, uh, getting a little sleep just just because it was pitch black it was dark at that point ended up finding my brothers and then we went back and um yeah it was that was a seriously intense trip up there but uh you know i wouldn't uh wouldn't have done it any what, other what, way where was that again what mountain the alaska range oh yeah that's awesome man yeah so we took oh i should quickly briefly mention you know you take a uh take a Cessna in there and then we arrived at a smaller camp. And then from there they take a, uh, what's called the super cub. I believe it was a super cub is, which is only a two passenger. Um, well, I should say a pilot and, and one other passenger behind him, smaller plane that has just kind of like inner tube tires that you just fly out there in the middle of nowhere and just try to find a spot to land pretty much. Yeah. So that was, that was intense. Um, very, very awesome trip, though. I would, uh, you know, I'd recommend that to anyone that, again, is in somewhat decent shape. In fact, we made a point of, of trying to train, you know, walk up and down mountains while, you know, before the trip. So you want to make sure you're in real good shape for those types of uh, mountaineering sorts of trips. So I think you're going to talk a little bit about some of the Nicaragua ones, but, um, you know, another one I want to quick mention, and I don't know if this counts as mountaineering but i do remember climbing up the sand dunes in colorado way back when and when i was pretty young but i just remember that being also at least for my age and at the time pretty intense um you know you you climb up that sand and it's similar sensation to that moss you know or even the shale um, you just feel like you're going nowhere for a lot of that time. Where are you going? Nowhere. Going nowhere. Uh, yeah, so it was my brother and I, and I think uh, uh, the son of one of my mom's friends ended up hitting, reaching the top there. And at least what we thought was the top. Well, from what we could see, it looked like it was that. The, the thing spanned for a, quite a long distance. Um, but yeah, I made it up there. That was, at the time, that seemed like a pretty awesome accomplishment. Um, yeah, and, and oh, it's pretty freaking incredible. Yeah, you know, there was, as I mentioned, there's another time in New Zealand where, 
Um, it wasn't actually mi- mountains. It was, you know, tall hills. Uh, we were up there also hunting there, but, um, that is, uh, that's all I have for you. What, uh, what do you got for us, Eric? Sand dunes are a pain in the ass to walk up. I would know. Yes. <laughs> but not like a mountain worth. Um, mm-hmm. I went to, I went to Mount Hood actually, uh, when I was in Oregon back in 2007 and actually have a picture that I pulled up here, um, from some photos I took while I was there and we sit at like this, I don't know what it was, but there's like a brewery. It was kind of like this informative museum. There's, so we stopped at this base thing and, and there's a lot of snowboarders, but they had served beer. It was really, it was really kind of cool. Um, the thing I remember is I was there for the fourth and I was wearing sandals and shorts and there was snow, you know, so being from Wisconsin, we don't have mountains or oceans. Um, it was a pretty neat thing having traveled there to be in, you know, shorts and a t-shirt with sandals on having a snowball fight with my cousins. This is kind of a neat thing. Um, Mount Hood, the total elevation is 11,250 feet, and the elevation of where we were, which is actually called the Timberline Lodge, was 6,000 feet. So we we're just about halfway up. We didn't trek it or climb it. We drove. Let me tell you, though, on the way back down, it's a pretty sketchy thing. You have to be in you know, a lower gear in your car. You'll burn out your brakes otherwise because there's, you're, 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 there's so much gravity pulling you down or whatever it is. Um, I got pretty sketched out for a while there coming down some of these mountainsides in Oregon. I was freaking out. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. The average snow depth um, at the Timberline where that where that lodge was was 21 feet. Can you believe that? The, wow. 21 <laughs> feet of snow. I was snow. like, wait, wait, 21 foot of snow? Jeez Louise. It's a ton, ton. It was really, it's, I don't know, so whatever. You can see the summit, and everyone just looks like tiny, tiny, tiny little dots. You know, you're looking up another you know, 6,000 feet or whatever, and you could see the summit, but you could barely make with the people that were up there. And it was a three, three day hike, I think to the, um, to the summit or whatever, which is pretty crazy. Um, it's pretty crazy. Nonetheless. So that was Oregon. That was a really cool thing. Uh, we also went to crater Lake, which the total elevation of that is 6,000 feet. And it was an imploded volcano. Um, which was actually made into a lake with natural water. It's the deepest lake in the United States. It's 1,946 feet deep. And it's got organisms living in that lake that are nowhere else on the planet, which is really cool because there's no other water sources coming or going or coming in. It's just, it's naturally fed from rain. So um, scientifically speaking, it's a really neat place on this planet. So very beautiful. I've never seen water collect that in my life. Um, So that was neat. Very cool. And... You're right. When we were in Nicaragua, we climbed two volcanoes. Uh, the first one was Messiah, which was 2,083 feet, which we <laughs> we walked down the whole damn thing. You may have seen photos uh, on our Facebook page. Yep. Was le- uh, leaning. Was being slanted or leaned. Yeah, that was that one. And and that was only a 2,000-foot elevation. And then the other one we did was the Madures one, which was on Ometepe Island. That was 4,573 feet, of which we probably made about three-quarters of the way up there um, from what it sounded like. And I was sick, actually, when we were there. And that was a really rough climb for me because I was, I was ill. So I was very short of breath in general. Anyways, it was a lot of work for me, I remember. I remember. So those are, those are our experiences with mountain climbing. But, yeah, I guess it, it does speak true because... Um, you know, it says if you're, if you're in good physical condition or whatever, if you're fit, you can do it. And listing off some of the beginner mountains out of that article we had from the Huffington Post, like some of those mountains were 9,000, 4,000 feet, the Stony Mountain, uh, Stony Man Mountain. So, you know, if you look at the Maduras one, we kind of did that. It makes a lot of sense. So we're mountain climbers, man. Yeah, we did it. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. It's a pretty cool thing. Just to give you some perspective that you can absolutely get into this. Um, we could take it a step further and really kind of pursue it and start hitting off on, on this list or something. It'd be pretty neat, but Probably you know, uh, depending on where you are in the country, see if you can go climb a mountain Yeah, or, or a volcano. Well, and, and technically, technically I've climbed three volcanoes. I jumped into one. But, huh? What? <laughs> Crater Lake, Impulta Volcano. I jumped in. Jumped in. Technically speaking, I jumped into a volcano. Wow. you like, you did all like Gollum style and. Did you th- throw the ring in there too? <laughs> that was the coldest water I've ever jumped in my entire life. It's like just because it's at such a high altitude, it stays just barely above freezing. So I think the water temperature is like 40 degrees maybe. I My whole body went numb by the time I swam back to shore. I thought I wasn't going to make it. If there hasn't already been a Gang- Gangnam style re- remake called <laughs> remix called Gollum, Gollum style, there should be. 
Um, Whoop them. Gundam style. And <laughs> Gundam style. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, so, yeah, and the, the, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, like anything else, like so many other things we mentioned, and something I like to tell people that aren't into running, for instance, is that, you know, it's baby steps with everything. Baby steps with everything. Uh, including this, you obviously don't want to start going up on the 14,000 foot summit right off the bat. Um, but you know, there's some, some smaller ones you can, you can try out first and why not? I mean, and you don't have to go hike, (laughs) right? (laughs) Really? That's a very good point. And you don't even have to go the whole way, you know? You can turn around whenever you want and just enjoy the scenery. That's the thing I wanted to mention that um, a lot of these talk about is just how awesome the scenery is for many of them. Yeah, the bear went over the mountain to see what he could see. I mean, really, you get to the top and it's incredible. The views are are what drove me. I wanted to see, you know, and we posted some pictures too from Nicaragua when we climbed the the Maduras volcano and it was, and and the the Messiah one too, it was pretty, very Mm -hmm. tropical in contrast to what Shane did for like the Alaskan range, for instance, or even what I did for the Mount Hood um, and the Crater Lake. So very diverse when you when you start to get to different parts of the country to climb mountains. It's pretty cool. Well, don't get me wrong. I have some pretty awesome photos from, uh, from that mountain also. I mean, even though it may not have been super, uh, you know, not a great day or anything like that, it is, it is amazing just the, the height and how far down you can see and, you know, there's a great photo with the three of us. There's a couple of them we have where we're just, you know, it's it's straight down. You can see all the way down to the stream at the bottom of the mountain. And I couldn't even tell you how, how high up that was, but it was a lot. <laughs> I know that much. No, it's cool. Seeing photos don't do it any justice, which is kind right. of sad. You got to be there to see it. So really, it's something you should go do. That's for pretty awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, and the other thing I want to mention, um, the the reason I brought up the how you know alcohol is supposed to affect you quicker. Um, <laughs> Did you bring a flask with you, Shane? Is because I've been to um, a Snowbird Resort in in outside of Salt Lake City uh, in Utah, and that's one of the things they talk tell you about there because that's like eight thousand feet up there, and I didn't. I, you take a shuttle up there, so I didn't, but. I can tell you at that elevation, while I may not, apparently they, they actually reduce the alcohol content in some of the, and, and they have, you know, kind of some, shall I say, interesting alcohol laws there to begin with. So it's kind of more difficult to even drink there as it is. But, but I will say that, uh, just walking, just walking up the, just the, the, the paths they have there uphill is, extremely difficult and and when the sun's beating down on you that is <laughs> I, I, I can't even explain i can't even explain the sensation because you were just exhausted just even going a few feet for whatever reason there well even like the crater lake thing um now that i'm thinking of it it was so weird because you're you're six thousand feet above the water level and or was it six thousand yeah and the the water, there's boats down there and stuff, but you can't see anything. It almost looks like it's frozen. You're so high up looking down at this water that you don't see any rippling. You don't see anything. It just literally looked like you're looking at frozen frozen water. And then you we descended down and suddenly it just started to gain all this depth and, and detail. And you're like, what the hell? So it's not frozen? It was a very confusing thing, actually. I'm putting some pictures on our dock for you to see. You can decide if you want it post some of these later or something but nonetheless yeah it's pretty neat man oh yeah that's beautiful you took that picture yeah nice oh wow yeah it's neat so it's like what the heck pretty awesome anyway yeah so i guess that's about it for our little mountaineering talk here if uh if you'd like to reach us if you'd like to find, uh, take a look us up, I should say, uh, take a look at niceguynetwork.com slash wildernet. We are on the iTunes. You may have to... Actually, no, this one's different. I always have to tell people techies is always search for techies podcast, but wildernet is pretty unique. So I think you can find it. You can find it on our webpage, but then if you're in iTunes, I, you should be able to just search for wildernet. 
But if you want to throw the podcast at the end, that's not going to hurt either. Uh, you can find, you can uh, reach us at wildernetpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at wildernetcast, or on facebook.com slash wildernetpodcast. Eric. E- Eric, you yes, there? Sir. <laughs> Where can our listeners uh, find what you're doing? Hey, they can find me at the Wildernet Podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, hey, um, it's about to be our thirtieth episode, so we'd really appreciate some feedback. I don't think we've ever gotten much of it, so uh, leave us a review, a rating, uh, some comments. Send us an email. By golly, do something! But By if you want to uh, find me in my other portion of life, you can find me at uh, www.wheretohuntapp.com, which will also take you to publiclandpride.com. Since I'm just making everything so confusing for you all. <laughs> um, Facebook.com/slash/wheretohuntwisconsin. And uh, Twitter, which is at W2Hunt. I'm also on Instagram, um, which I believe is just where to hunt. So all over the place. Love hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Nice. I'm on Twitter at ShaveMadOx. Part of me wants to change that because it's weird and difficult. Uh, said that for a lot of episodes now. You should probably do something about that. Have I said that for a lot? Well, you can go over yeah. and follow. You know what? <laughs> I'll sign up right now. Doot, 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 doot. Go over and check out my other Twitter account at shit. <laughs> Actually, I do have another Twitter account. Uh, Shane Maddox. Check that out. There. I, ooh, I said my last name. I don't know. I only have like six followers on that one anyway. But I'm also on Techies, that other podcast that I do about technology and how it, not how it simplifies our lives, but yes, uh, just really about technology that does simplify our lives, whether it be indoor or out. Uh, yeah, we, we enjoy, uh, things that just kind of make our lives easier. So check out, uh, check it out with, uh, Tony, Matt, and myself. We do that, uh, Sundays at 6, 7 central on, uh, Alpha Geek Radio is where you can, uh, find us recording there. Booyah. So what do you, do you want to do this, uh, moment of reflection or no? <laughs> nah, there's no need to reflect today. We don't need to reflect. We're just not going to reflect today. That's how we roll. Just decide not to do this today. All right. Well, thanks everyone so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. And we would love to hear from you. Any, anything at all you have to say and how much you hate us or how much you love us. We would love to hear it. All right. Thanks again. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Have a good night. Bye, everybody. And until next time, take care. And get outside.